Everybody Googles everything, especially potential customers or employers, and a business or personal online reputation can make or break you. If negative search results or reviews are impacting you, Webamax is here to help. Our proven process restores your online reputation quickly and effectively, and it matters. Don't let negative results control your narrative. Visit GoWebamax.com and fill out a brief confidential form to see how we can help. Remember, if you aren't paying attention to your online reputation, someone else is. GoWebamax.com before history is written it's played before it's frozen in time it's fought one shift at a time before it's etched in silver it's carved in ice what happens next will last forever The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions. Supply. Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacker Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will smart food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Hard in My Take, the number one podcast on the dreamshake.com, home of all things Houston Rockets on SBNation.com. Jeremy Brenner here, and today we are looking towards the fourth bubble game for the Rockets as they take on the Los Angeles Lakers tonight at 8 p.m. Central Standard Time, 9 p.m. if you're on the East Coast like me. But 8 p.m. for you, Michael Brown, in deep in the heart of Texas in uh, H-Town. Yeah, this, this is going to be a big game uh, for a lot of reasons. Uh, number one being it's Anthony Davis, uh, LeBron James, James Harden, Russell Westbrook. Star power is huge. Uh, Seeding-wise, you know, the, the Rockets are, I would say, in a five-way race. Is that fair to say for – Anywhere from the third to the seventh seed. Uh, I would, I think that 
Sure, that that's fair. I mean, as of right now, we're recording this before any of the Wednesday games take place. Sure. So the Rockets currently sit in fourth in the West, and they are two games back of the third seed Denver Nuggets, and they are two and a half games ahead of the Dallas Mavericks. So, I mean, with five games to play, two and a half games, yeah, I guess you could say that Dallas, um, that the Rockets could fall the seventh if, uh, you know, things get from bad to worse real quick. Although, I think what we've seen from the Rockets so far, it's unlikely that we're going to see them in the seventh seed. Um, But the goal here, Mike, is to finish, I think, for the Rockets, what's realistic is to finish within the top five at the absolute worst. Yeah, the uh, ironically, even after the, the Portland game last night, which was not fun to watch, I don't know how much we're going to get into that today, but I think there were some really interesting things that happened in that game that I'd like to, to explore as it pertains to the Rockets moving forward. Um, but even with that loss, I think this sets up where they are right now, which is technically fourth, if the playoffs started today, the Rockets would get Utah in the first round, which I think is the absolute ideal first-round matchup for the Rockets. Mm-hmm. And when they beat the Utah Jazz, which I think they would, they get the Lakers instead of the Clippers, which I think is the ideal second-round matchup. Um, so I think if they can stay and Utah can stay, I'm worried about Utah. I, I think Utah is going to drop. I don't think they're going to end up fifth. Um, so it's it's an interesting play if you're the Rockets where you want to end up seed-wise. But I'm excited for the Lakers game. I, I want to see what this team has after what I think was a below-average performance against Portland. Yeah, Utah has a lot of tough games down the stretch for them. And I think fifth, I think the fifth seed for them, from what we've seen thus far, is unlikely. Uh, to be to be totally honest, uh, they they did hang in there on Monday night against the Lakers, um, but they just they they gave it up. They gave up the game so easily. Uh, but let's move on to that that Lakers team. So the Lakers are. This is a very interesting game for the Rockets because even you would like to treat this game as what it should be. You know, a potential playoff preview, a potential good look a team that you're going to face in the playoffs. However, given the fact that the Lakers snatched the number one seed with that win over Utah on Monday, and they are playing in the second night of a back-to-back, they played Oklahoma City last night, which we don't know the results of yet because we are recording this uh, Wednesday afternoon, but the Lakers are playing the second half of a back-to-back in a game that doesn't help or hurt them at all. So I don't, to be honest, I think we're not going to see a whole lot of the 100% Lakers as we're going to see them in the playoffs. It would not surprise me in the slightest to see a bunch of their key guys, AD and or LeBron, uh, sit this one out, which Houston is going to need to, to take advantage of. I Yeah. If they do, then I think the Rockets will pummel the Lakers. I think it'll be very similar to the scrimmage that they played Boston. Because quite honestly, the Lakers are one team that has completely underwhelmed me thus far 
in Orlando. Really? I, yeah. Even after the Clippers win, you were underwhelmed by that? I was completely underwhelmed because that game was played without Montrez Harrell and without Lou Williams. So congrats. You beat the Clippers on a neutral court without two of their five or I six. Mean, they also had no Rondo and no Avery Bradley. Yeah, but to me, you can't compare the two. Montrez Harrell is one of the, the main components of that, that team. You are a big Montrez guy, as am I. Maybe yeah. not as big as you, but you are a big yeah. Montrez guy. Yeah, and Lou Williams is their, is their spark plug off the bench. I mean, he arguably is going to be the sixth man of the year, or he's going to be in contention for the sixth man of the year. So, okay, so you look at that game, nice win. They needed a, a last-second shot to beat him. So, okay, there's that. You lost to Toronto. You struggled with Utah. And it goes back to what you and I have discussed numerous times. Their guard play sucks. Their guard play is not good. This team goes as Anthony Davis goes. Mm-hmm. If Anthony Davis has a great game, they are probably have a very good shot at winning. And yeah. I know it's like, well, no duh, Mike. But, I mean, seriously, it's – I mean, I watched them play in Utah. Their, their guard rotation, come on, man. Like, Deion Waiters, J.R. Smith. I mean, if the Rockets don't completely destroy that backcourt, I mean, the Rockets have a lot bigger fish to fry if they don't. So, yeah, they've completely underwhelmed me. I think they're good. I don't think they're the Clippers. I think the Clippers are the best team in the West, and it's not even close. As much as you would hope that this game is about the Lakers and what the Lakers provide, this is more. This game tonight is more about the Rockets being able to shrug off what happened Tuesday night because the Rockets have had a poor. The Rockets just flat out had their worst performance in the bubble on Tuesday. And it kind when you lose the you see more of the pessimistic side of things. For instance, you know, when we when we had our last episode, it was you know right after the Bucks win, we're like, oh my goodness, this team has championship aspirations, and they still do. However, when you lose, you give more of an impression, and you look at the glass half empty a little bit. You realize, well, the Rockets were trailing with less than a minute to go against Dallas. They were trailing with less than two minutes to go against Milwaukee. They were trailing, and and to be honest, Tuesday night's game, it, it was an eight-point loss, but it was a lot closer than that because you know the game was within a point with, with less than two minutes to go as well. So they've played three really tight games. They could be 3-0, and they could be 0-3. At it's it's just as likely to be three and zero that you are zero and three, and they were lucky enough to pull out two of these wins. And as we discussed in our schedule preview, two and one is kind of what we expected at this point in the bubble. We just didn't think it'd be in the order in which it happened with wins over Dallas and Milwaukee, and not Portland. So let's let's look a little bit back at this Portland game. What? What was the most frustrating part about the Portland game for you, Mike? P.J. Tucker and Robert Covington absolutely sucked on both ends of the court. Okay, that, that's a way to put it, yeah. I mean, look, uh, I, <laughs> I think you and I are, are going to find out a lot about each other in wins and losses. The highs go pretty high for me and the lows go pretty low. Mm-hmm. I'm, try- I'm going to try and, and have his even keel as I can. Bottom line, they both oh, were just that, terrible. Hey, that's, 
that's how I am, though. I'm very even keel, but the fact that you're high and low, it, that's what makes us work, Mike. So be as mad as you want to be about a loss like this. I don't care. I want to. I want to hear your true raw emotions. Uh, PJ Tucker and Covington sucked on the offensive end of the court there combined four of seventeen from the court. Ben McLemore is an absolute liability on the defensive end of the court. D'Antoni's rotation that does not include Damari Carroll at this point is absolutely ridiculous. The fact that you look at Portland and you got out-rebounded 64 to 39 and Tyson Chandler doesn't sniff the court is completely unacceptable to me. I'm sick and absolutely tired of seeing at least 8 to 12 points a game by easy dunks that the guys don't even try and block. Throw Tyson Chandler in there for two minutes and let him bang around with some of the big guys. D'Antoni's rotation will not make it through an NBA Finals run without at least giving the other team some semblance of the fact that he's willing to play a big guy. I'm not asking for 25 minutes here. I'm asking for him to throw him in there at some point. The fact that Damari Carroll can't get minutes is ridiculous. The fact that you gave up 16 minutes to some guy named Gary Trent Jr. is unheard of. And in true Rockets fashion, the dagger from Portland came from one Carmelo Anthony, right? I mean, of course it did. Absolutely, of course it did. The Rockets lost this game with about a minute and a half left when Russell Westbrook, when the game was tied, came down and shot. He put up just a ridiculous turnaround jumper with 14 seconds left on the shot clock. Work the shot clock, get the ball to Harden, and let him go make a play. Ridiculous shot by Westbrook. They also had two chances for Harden to make a play, and he missed them both. Yep. Well, that's a good point. It was frustrating, though. The game was tied, and Westbrook just comes down. And I love Westbrook, right? Do the trade 10 times out of 10. We don't need to go there. But he makes – I now understand – Wait, I have a question. I have Okay. You know that commercial with Chris Paul in the State Farm? The guy claims he's the new Chris Paul? Oh, uh, Alfonso Ribeiro. Is, yeah, yeah. is Carlton the new Chris Paul, or is it Russell Westbrook? Yeah, I don't know, man. Like, he, <laughs> he's the Tasmanian devil, and I, and I love it. Don't get me wrong, because you don't win the Milwaukee game without him. You don't win the Dallas game without him. But my Lord, does he make some decisions throughout the game. Like, you look at the box score last night. It's shocking that we've only had 10 turnovers. We only had 10 turnovers. Mm-hmm. They, they well, that, that's been something that's been a positive. Yes, and I wrote that down in my in my pre-show notes. Turnover positivity. They're taking better care of the ball, but they need to watch these this film, and they need to tell themselves, yeah, we want to get a shot off. We want to shoot 182 threes a game, but there are times in the game where they have to slow down and run a set and run a play, mm-hmm. not just – ISO, ISO, ISO. You know, why did Austin Rivers only play 15 minutes last night? He's he's your best defensive guard that you have. Why is he only playing 15 minutes? Ben McLemore playing 25 minutes is ridiculous. Ben McLemore, I'm sorry, phenomenal shooter. He's a terrible defender. Austin Rivers needs to eat into those minutes. And those minutes will get eaten into when Eric Gordon gets back. For, but for the time being, Austin Rivers needs more time. Yeah. So... Portland played a heck of a game, man. I mean, all the props uh, in the world. To be honest, to I don't think so. I, I don't think Portland played that well. I mean, and, overall, I mean, every single one of their guys was a positive in the plus minus. 
Which well, is yeah, because that, that, I mean, when you score more points than the other team, you're going to have more guys in the plus, in the plus minus, but. Well, for I, sure. But it was I a thought top. Portland, I thought Portland was okay last night. They didn't wow me. I didn't think that was the best we could see from Portland. You know, I, I think that they utilized Nurkic really well. Zach Collins was kind of a miss for me. He started out really strong, kind of weakened as the game moved on. Hassan Whiteside wasn't very effective at all. Uh, and that's where they, they should have taken advantage. However, with Portland, and the difference here is with the turnovers and the rebounds. Now, the, I think they said it last time on the broadcast, like out of the last 20 games that they've played dating back to January, the Rockets have n- have not won the rebounding battle in their last 20 games or something. Which, you know, some games it's it's actually pretty, it's a lot closer than people think. Uh, than it would be for a team like the Rockets playing small ball versus a team like Portland that starts two seven-footers. But, I mean, the last two games have been outright demolished on the boards, which the Rockets are okay with as long as they can shoot the three ball at a high volume, make them at at a consistent rate, and win the turnover battle by a wide enough margin because the turnovers lead to fast break points. Now, in the Milwaukee game, they won the turnover battle by a, by a wide margin, and that's why they were leading the game for most of the time. Against Portland, Portland committed 12 turnovers and the Rockets committed 10. So that's, why, that's also part of the reason why the Rockets did not win that game on Tuesday night is because they were not able to force as many turnovers as usual. And my thing is this. I'm okay with losing the the rebounding battle. I'm okay with that. And because, and your whole thing about Tyson Chandler, Damari Carroll, I'm okay with playing them, but I see why they, they aren't seeing the floor. And I don't think that this game warrants the need for them to see the floor. What needs to happen is Robert Covington needs to make more threes than he is. Two for 11 is not acceptable. Westbrook needs to make his free throws. Yep. That's not to miss seven free throws in a game? Absolutely not. And James Harden just needs to make the play at the right time. He's your superstar. You got to make the play. And those are three areas in which the Rockets don't need to change their philosophy. There is no need to change any part of their being, their identity. They just need to execute. And the game last night, I think, was more about execution more than style of play. If we look at it, there's the one positive to come out of this game last night, I think for the Rockets, was the end of the third quarter and the beginning of the fourth quarter when Harden picked up his fifth foul. He had to go to the bench. Westbrook was sitting on the bench, uh, sitting out his normal time. And the Rockets played a five-person lineup without either Harden or Westbrook, which I don't think has happened, Mike, since that Utah Jazz game in January where both of them were in, were not even in the game. Yeah. And those guys went from an eight-point deficit to a tie ball game with eight minutes to go in the fourth quarter. They brought this team back in the game, mostly because Uncle Jeff Green picked up the slack from Westbrook, from Covington, from McLemore, from everyone that was off last night. Jeff Green was there. Uh, Jeff Green was phenomenal. Uh, he, was, he was really good. Uh, the, the one, the one thing I want to touch on with what you said, I think by 
playing those other players, you're not changing your philosophy. If nothing else, it's a smokescreen for other teams that it gives them something else to prepare for. It makes I, you less effective, though. It, to a certain extent. It does, I, because if you put Tyson Chandler in there, you're not going to put Tyson Chandler on the perimeter. And that means you have someone in the, in the paint, which means you can't drive into the paint. Your spacing, as a result of that, is not as strong as it, as it can be. Well, and you can't run the offense that is the most effective to the Rockets. Yeah, but how many second-chance points did Portland get last night? You know, even if it's at the end of a quarter, even if you're minimizing your risk by putting him in, if you're not going to play Bamute, then why'd you sign him? If you're not going to play Damari Carroll, then why did you... For an insurance policy, for injuries, honestly. That's honestly what's happening. Well, or an insurance policy for Ben McLemore completely forgetting how to play defense. And that's where I'm at with Ben McLemore. Is I, I love Ben McLemore, but how many times a game do we get this stupid look on his face when he clearly gets beat by a man and he fouls a guy? You know, it's the same Eric Gordon look that we get when he, the inevitable, he dribbles, you know, he, he has his foot on the, the baseline and he hits a three every single game and he gets called for that. Mm-hmm. Or, he, or he clearly, some of the, the mindset of this team with some of these guys at certain points needs to be altered. Robert Covington, if you're 2 of 11 from the three-point line, then when you get the ball at the top of the key, how about you make a pass and set a screen? See what happens. You don't have to shoot the ball. And that's why I'm clamoring so hard, and I will continue to say it until they change. Give Damari Carroll a chance, man. Like, you know, Damari Carroll, who would you rather have covering Gary Trent last night, Damari Carroll or Ben McLemore? Damari Carroll. 100%. Thank you. Austin Rivers or, or Ben McLemore? Austin Rivers. This team can score points. Ben McLemore, you put in there when you need a fire plug and you need a guy to hit jump shots, then you put him in there. But defensively, you're getting torched every single night that he's on the court right now. Okay, every single night. That's a little bit the of a thing. The thing is, though, three games. The Rockets answer. The Rockets answer for offense and when offense isn't going is more offense. It's not defense. And the thing is, the defense last night wasn't terrible. I thought the defense was, was pretty okay last night, given the circumstances. I mean, yes, you give up all those rebounds and you get 44 points in the paint, but that's pretty normal for the Rockets. And, you know, they held Damian Lillard only to 21 points. McCollum only had 20. So I think the defense last night was – I don't have much of an issue with it, to be fair. But it's not – but, yes, you are correct, but – once again, it happened in the Dallas game is, and you nearly lost that game is guys like on the Dallas game, Tim Hardaway Jr. went for 24 points. You gave up major points to, uh, what's his name? Trey Burke. That what beat you tonight was not McCollum and not Lillard. It's the fact that you couldn't hold Carmelo Anthony. You couldn't hold down Nurkic and you let Trent go for 16. Mm-hmm. I mean, between the three of them, that's 31, that's 49 points that you gave up to three guys that, you can't give up those right. types of points to. Mm-hmm. You you can't have championship aspirations and let a guy like Gary Trent. Yeah. I'm sure he's a very nice guy, but 16 points to Gary Trent? No, absolutely not. Yeah. So this is a game that you probably you throw the film away because, to be honest with you, it's you lost. It is what it is. You know what you have to fix. PJ Tucker has to be better offensively. I mean, he just has to be. He hasn't been good through three games. And one could argue the fact that he's 
being asked to guard guys like Nurkic and being asked to guard guys like Porzingis and Brooke Lopez is that it's it's taken a toll on them on the offensive end of the court. Yeah. And I would agree. Yeah. And and PJ's role in the offense has taken a a dip since since he was since he became the center. I'm going to look up quickly on on basketball reference here his splits like from when from when he was the uh from when he was the power forward in the line next to Capella and when he was the center. So if we look at, uh, if we look at October, so when January rolled around, he was averaging four points a game. And in February it was seven. So actually, I mean, it looks like his, uh, his numbers in January, his offensive numbers have been better as the five. So, but holistically, he just probably had a bad January. Right. But holistically, when you watch him play, he's the same guy on the defensive end of the court. But he's just missing wide open shots, which is part of basketball. Don't get me wrong. The guys go through these. But PJ, you, there's no excuses. You can't be missing those types of shots and expect us to win. And that's where the rotation comes into play. With Mike D'Antoni only wanting to play now, to be fair to D'Antoni, when I say this, Eric Gordon's not there, so he's only playing eight guys. But this, to me, is the opportune time to see if a guy like Damari Carroll, to see what Bahamute has left in the tank. And I'm hoping the Rockets, if LeBron or AD doesn't play, if one of those guys plays, you should dominate this game. And the second half should be, or not the second half, the fourth quarter should be used on what does Carroll have left, yeah. what is, and what does Bahamute have left. Can guys be contributors down the stretch? Here's here's a question though. Sure. And it's a little off topic, but I'll go with it anyway. I love Do it. The Rockets win the game uh, on Tuesday night if Eric Gordon plays. Oh oh yeah yeah. Oh God, are you kidding? Me? The need for Eric Gordon. Yeah. I mean, you miss Eric Gordon, and now. I think we're 3-0 and with Eric Gordon right now, which gives me some resemblance of hope of why you lost that game last night. Also, Portland always plays us tough. Like, I think since I've been, a you know, a tuning into everything. it has been a real tough yeah. out for what? the Rockets for a while. And they're also, I hate to say it, but I feel like, the thing we've seen from the teams that are approaching that eighth seed, they seem to be there. There are some teams in that group that are looking to play these games a lot tougher. Like the Suns, the Suns, yeah. the Clippers on that buzzer. The Suns are the only team in the West right now, three and out. Have you seen the Suns social media? Oh, the Suns social media that deserves an award. Oh, they've been so good. So it good. reminds me of uh, when uh, the NCAA tournament, when, uh, who's it, UMBC, and they, their, their social media just, that, whoever was running it was doing a great job. Whoever's doing the Suns Twitter account and their social media is killing it right now. Shout out to Suns Twitter. Uh, oh, yeah. But, but, yeah, so, like, the Suns are, the Suns are playing uh, an extra gear. The Kings are playing really well, and the Kings show up on the Rocket schedule on Sunday. That's what our next episode will be discussing. So there's there's that. 
the they 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 played tough against the the Mavs. The Spurs been playing really well. The Blazers have had a tough like they've been playing tough games. They they had that real tough game against Memphis to start out the bubble. They ended up winning that game. And then they had the Boston Celtics. They came back after trailing by double digits in the second half. So I think Portland, part of the reason why last night went the way it did, or Tuesday night went the way it did, is because Portland is a lot more to play for than the Rockets. And I think that matters in the bubble because you see teams like the Nets beating the Bucks, uh, because the Bucks don't have nothing to play for. And in, in some regard, neither do the Nets, but the Nets have very little to lose. So the Nets are going to go all out, just like Portland. Portland uh, isn't guaranteed to play past uh, August 17th or August 15th or whatever the last day of the season is. So I think they you can, are going for broke. I think you can reference what I said a couple weeks ago when I said the, the Los Angeles Lakers better hope that Portland does not get the 8th seed because they, they will give them a series that they do not want. See, I'm I was thinking that too, but I'm telling you. After watching last night's game, I think they'll be fine. I think they'll be fine. I think they'll win. I'm not as high on the Blazers as I was now, as I am now that I was before the game on Tuesday night. I I, I don't think they're deep enough. I, I think they, they played eight guys, and you know, Hassan Whiteside is okay. Like he doesn't amaze me. Anthony Simons is kind of just there to give Damian Lillard some rest. He didn't provide too much of anything. Gary Trent really impressed me, though. I think that Gary Trent uh, has had somewhat of a revelation in the bubble. They said, I think he's he's averaged, he's averaging like 15-some points in the first three games of the bubble. Yeah, he had 17 against Memphis in the first game, 21 against Boston in the loss, and 16 against the Rockets. So, I mean, that was his worst game scoring-wise in the bubble against the Rockets. Was and it was he still was um, a huge factor in that win. So, yeah, I mean, he's been that, a nice player. Yeah. So on on that on top of Lillard and McCollum, like Lillard and McCollum also underwhelmed last night. I, I don't, I don't think the Blazers are going to be that much of an issue. What I think, I, I think the Lakers would be any team honestly in in four or five, but. Yeah, I just, to me, I don't think the Blazers are as much of a threat. It's a sexy pick to pick the Blazers because, oh, it's like an eight over a one, and the Blazers are better than their record until, they are better than their record until. they That team that the Rockets played the other night is not a 31-38 and 38 team. They are a team that, if they were fully healthy the full season, they should be, at worst, the sixth or the fifth seed. Yeah, I'm just... Keep an eye on it. If they get the eight seed and they play the Lakers, I'm just saying the Rocket, the the Lakers will have their hands full at times with them. I think they'll probably win a couple games pretty easily, but I think the Lakers will at least pull one out, and it, I could see them beating them twice. Yeah. When I'm well, looking at the Lakers, you know, kind of getting back to you know the preview for tonight's game, you know, look at their their box score against Utah. Mm-hmm. It, it speaks a lot, man. It's basically. They scored 116 points. 66 of those came from from AD and LeBron. Mm-hmm. And, and, yeah, I mean, you could say the same thing about the Rockets, but I think they're so heavily predicated on if Anthony Davis has a great game, they're going to win. 
I mean, what else scares you on this roster outside? That is the concern. That is the concern for the Rockets is that they don't have an answer for Anthony Davis. But I think that they've got some decent options to throw at Davis throughout the game. Like who? Robert Covington. PJ and T- then, yeah, and then you let, and then you let whoever's playing center go off. But the thing is, JaVale McGee and Dwight Howard have not been particularly impressive in the bubble this far. I mean, Howard had a good game the other night, but okay. So if you're going to play AD not at the five, then and let's say they if you start McGee, I think that's their plan. I think their plan is to start AD at the four with perfect. McGee. Perfect. That's fine by me. It's not going to make any difference. You still have to slow down if they want to predicate their 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 roster and their game plan around. Okay, well we're going to play both of them. Well. Go down to McGee. You want to throw up lobs to McGee the entire game, and that's your best idea? That's fine. The Rockets will take that all day well, long. That because, was the plan the Rockets had against the Blazers, and the Blazers beat that. Right, but without air going, I think it's I think it's fair. I think it's fair to at least note that's without Eric Gordon, and that game was tied with a minute and a half left, and it also took a garbage game from Covington and Tucker for the Blazers to still be in it at that point. So it's fair to at least note that. And if you want to run your sets through JaVale McGee, by all means, the Laker Nation, please do that. Right. That's what I think. And because then you're minimalizing their their strength. Their strength is playing AD at the five. Their best lineup does not put JaVale McGee or Dwight Howard on the court, in my opinion. What about you? Do you think? they're most successful when they have Davis and one of those other two guys on the floor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I just, to me, that's the one concern. So honestly, if the, if the Lakers are going to play one of these two guys, I hope they play AD. Cause I think that would be a, a tougher matchup problem versus I think LeBron, the, I think LeBron, what you see is what you get. I feel like the Rockets have more of a chance to contain LeBron than they have of containing AD. So, yeah, I just, I think, so I would hope AD plays this game t- tonight because then you get a chance to look at him and give the Rockets a chance to find ways to stop them. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if they're going to play him. I, how effective is AD without LeBron? That's I mean, also... I, think AD also is, I mean, I've watched a lot of the Lakers' first couple games. AD's impressive. I mean, AD is playing at a level that is really, really impressive. But congrats, you did it. He had a horrible game against Toronto. Um, they lost that game. He did. He had, he, you know, but outside of that, he's been fantastic. But okay. You were great against the Clippers without Harold, who I think Harold would do a pretty good job on him. And you did it against Utah, who I think Utah Utah's in trouble, man. I mean, Utah just doesn't look like a a team that should scare anybody. Outside of Donovan Mitchell. I mean, Donovan Mitchell looks okay, I guess. Gobert is fine. The Rockets should want to play Utah. I can't say that enough. But yeah, I mean Lakers. You know, it should be an interesting game. They play a lot of their guys, which I give them credit for. I mean, 
more the more didn't play the other night for them, uh, which was interesting. I don't know if he was suited up to play or if you know mm-hmm. it does say on here that it was a coach's decision. So that's something to watch. Yeah, um, but we'll see. It should be a fun game. Very fun game tonight. But I think this game is more about can the Rockets redeem themselves from a poor performance? Can they bounce back from a poor performance? And I think we saw that against Milwaukee where, you know, I think the Rockets were fortunate to come out with a win against Dallas. Uh, They got lucky with a missed free throw. They got lucky with a rebound from Covington. And they got lucky that they were able to score more than the amount of points they gave up. So, but what we saw in game two was a much more improved defensive effort. And so now this game, it's going to test once again, their ability to learn from their mistakes. So I think what we're going to see here is, you know, the rebounding from the rebounding from the first half to the second half, was a major difference. I think that what we saw in the first half was a kind of lethargic attempt at rebounding, but in the second half, it was a little bit better. Tonight, I want to see the offense executed more and executed more towards perfection. I think that it will be difficult because what they're going to need to do tonight is they're going to have to make their threes. Because that's what they had to do against Milwaukee, because Milwaukee would crowd the paint with Giannis and Brooke Lopez, and it would force them to go outside. And if they force you to go outside, you're going to get that wide-open shot, and you can take that shot. The Rockets are very capable of beating the Lakers. We've seen it before, and hopefully we'll see it again. Hopefully we'll see it tonight, and I hope more so that we'll see it in a potential playoff match. Well, they've already, they showed it post Clint Capella. Right, and I think that, like, we're under the same agreement that this team is beatable, that the Rockets are are capable of beating the Lakers. What I need to see from them, though, is I need to see more of just making your shots and making the free throws. Like, to me, I want to see more points. The fact that the team could go from 150 points on Friday to 102 on Tuesday. Granted, there was overtime on Friday's game, but they had 130 after regulation. They went 102. Offense is not where it needs to be. Offense needs to get back where it should be. So do something about it. And I think they will. I think that the team love – I think they love the fact that they're playing L.A. I know they want to beat L.A. I know they want to see L.A. in the playoffs. And I think they're going to give it. I think they're going to give it a good run this game, and I think we're going to see a much better version of the Rockets than we did uh, against the Blazers. I think the Rockets win this game, and I think they win it by a considerable margin. I think that this might be the first game where it isn't super close. Yeah, the now if both if both LeBron and AD were playing, which I believe they're not going to. I just don't see what good comes out of playing both of those guys, especially for a team that has experienced injuries that were preventable, like with Rajon Rondo. I just don't see why this, I don't see why the Lakers would go all out. Maybe, maybe LeBron and AD will play 15 minutes, but 
if they're played 15 minutes, you should win this game. The the one thing that I want to see tonight is look, James Harden was was fantastic against the Mavericks. I mean, he was sensational against the Mavericks. He didn't have a great game against Milwaukee. You know, offensively, now you won the game and he was great defensively, but his stat line wasn't spectacular. His stat line was not spectacular last night. Um, or I should say Tuesday night against Portland, as people are listening to this. He's got to come out, man, and the Rockets will not go anywhere if he does not put up great numbers every night. He's he's your guy, and is that fair for me to say because you're 2-1 and one right now? It, it's important to note, you know, it's important to note that whoever's covering him tonight against the Lakers, he's better than he, he should dominate outside of LeBron. I still think he should put up great numbers against LeBron. He's the best offensive weapon in the league. He needs to remember that night in and night out, that when his other teammates like Rocco and, and Tuck and, you know, Eric Gordon is out and, and Westbrook is struggling, it's on him. He's, he's got to find a way to pull this, these games out. So I th- I'm with you. I, I think we win by at least seven tonight especially if one of their two big guys don't play. Um, big guys being LeBron James and, and Anthony Davis, not the other two. Uh, so I think by seven tonight, uh, it would be a good win. Three and one is nothing to sneeze at. And we see what the rest of the season has in store. Yeah. I think this is a good place to park the rocket ship. Thank you so much for tuning in this episode of Harden My Take. And check out thedreamshake.com tonight during the Rockets-Lakers game. Uh, participate in our game thread on thedreamshake.com and interact with us on our Twitter account at DreamShakeSBN. You can also give us a like on Facebook if that's where you are on social media. And be sure to subscribe to wherever you listen to podcasts to not miss a single episode of Harden My Take coming to you every Monday and Thursday during the rest of the second season. And if you would like to follow the Bromigos behind Harden My Take, the co-pilots, you can do so by following Mr. Michael Brown at UH Big Red Hat Guy. And you can follow me at Jeremy Brenner, J-E-R-E-M-Y, B-R-E-N-E-R. Thank you so much for tuning in this episode of Harden My Take. And until next time, go Rockets. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical.